put it so closely in perspective is that the vision is the greater picture. What is it we're trying to accomplish here? When the army goes into combat, their vision is to conquer the enemy. But the individual purposes of different units is, okay, you're going to go attack them. I want you to send off artillery. You guys go and sneak out in the background. You guys, I want you to cut off their supply lines. Everyone has a different purpose, but there is a greater vision. Amen? But today, we're going to talk about this. Keeping my balance. Keeping my balance. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, down at ODU, and me and this gentleman had to work together on that day. And so he pulled his truck up to the side of the road, and there was just a grassy curb there. Well, I put on my vest and everything, and I stepped out of the truck, and just that quick, I was laid out on the ground. I didn't see underneath the grass was a huge pothole. And as soon as I realized I'm not hurt, I stood right up. I lost my balance. But more than anything, it's embarrassing, y'all, ain't it? It's just embarrassing this life. And then you notice, and somebody pointed this out years ago, that when people walk down the street or they walk anywhere and they trip, they have a reason, for some reason, they look behind them to see what it was that tripped them. Why do we do that? Are you going to go back and fuss at the crack in the sidewalk because it's there? You can't fix it. But just remember that whenever we lose our balance, we fall. When you lose your balance, you will fall. And that's going to make more sense to you in just a minute. Now, balance, I pulled out two different definitions. One is a condition in which different elements are equal or correct proportions. So if I have five pounds in this hand and five pounds in this hand, there is a what? A balance. The other one is to offset or to compare the value of one thing for another. To offset or to compare the value of one thing for another. So I can have a gold bar in this hand and a million dollars in this hand or whatever it is. They don't weigh the same, but the value of them is the same. And that is what we, another definition of balance. So what does Jesus have to say? What does the Bible talk about balance? Well, let's understand that in this Christian walk, and I've been saying this, we've been talking about this in Bible study, that in this Christian walk, when someone says, is anyone in here dealing with an issue? And people put their hands up. It's like, we want to pray for you. But we cannot spend all of our lives, all of our time focusing on ourselves. There has to be a balance to where we go and we meet the needs of other people. Whether it be physical, social, whatever emotional needs they may have. Someone may just need a ride. I don't have a ride to get where I'm going. So we have to look out for other people. And likewise, the same way that someone found you at that place, and even though you may have been raised in the church, but maybe for, for some of us, someone came to you one day and said, hey, how about coming to church with me? Because they saw the balance in their lives and wanted to share that balance with yours. Amen? With you. So that, that thing of equal value, that comparison equals out. Y'all can say amen in here. All right. So in Luke chapter 14, this is the parable of the banquet. 
Luke chapter 14, beginning at verse 16, it says, Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five oxen, five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Verse 20. Still another said, I just got married and I can't come. Hmm. 21. The servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go quickly into the streets and to the alleys in the town and bring the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but still there is room. Then the master told his servant, go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house may be full. And then finally, verse 24, I tell you, not one of those who were invited will taste of my banquet. We're talking about keeping your balance, keeping your balance. None of these men who gave these excuses saw the importance at that time. But just remember this in the physical as well in the spiritual. When you lose your balance, you're going to fall. When you lose your balance, you're going to fall. Anybody here like watching TV? Anybody like watching TV? How many comedy people do we have like watching comedy shows? All right, the sitcoms. Sitcoms, and I won't get into all that. How many of you like dramas? All right. Any people watching horror flicks in here? Okay, got a few horror flicks. But the thing is, is even in the, the amount of shows, and, and we can watch a lot of news. How many of you like to watch news? Okay. But we can get too caught up in any one type of show because if you watch nothing but comedy, then you can have a false sense of security like everything in life should be happy and and everything, all your troubles come and go in 30 minutes. Or if you watch too many police shows, you can be bogged down with, oh, there's too much bad things and people are getting shot, but don't worry, the crime gets solved in an hour. Too much news and we think this is what everybody else should know. Why don't you know this? It was on the news. So we should always have a balance in the amount of TV we watch and what we watch on TV. One of my favorite shows is a television show called Blue Bloods. Anybody watch Blue Bloods? I love that show because, and ironically, my dad is here, because there was a show that came on back in the 70s called One Adam 12. Anybody remember that? Oh, come on, y'all. All right, come on. And, and the thing my, my dad pointed out to us was, and the same with Blue Bloods, a lot of shows have one plot involving one thing. One plot involving one thing. One thing happens and it takes the whole show to solve that one problem. But 1 Adam 12 in Blue Bloods, it starts off with a crime being committed. But then there's also maybe some family drama. And then there's some type of issue on the police force because it's about a family of lawyers, 
detectives and all they're all family but they all have different roles in the police department police department and the justice system but there is a balance in all of that because they realize the writers of this tv show realize that life is compiled of more than just one thing when there is one crime committed all the police force doesn't say hey we had a uh 1035 at Walmart, so everybody converges on Walmart. No, we've got other crimes, other things that need to be solved, so the police force must be balanced. You have more than one fire station, right? Because there can be more than one fire at different locations. But when we don't realize that the picture is bigger than what we see, we lose our balance. And when we lose our balance, what? We fall. Thank you very much. When we lose our balance, we fall. So my first point is this. When we're talking about our own balance, put God first. If you want to know about balance, put God first. Jesus talks in, in the book of Matthew in the sixth chapter. He gives us the Lord's Prayer. and He gives us other examples. But at the very end, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things, the food that you need, the clothes that you need, all of these other things will be added unto you. That doesn't mean go to church and when you get home, there's a truck full of stuff waiting for you. But when we seek God, he shows us the very path that he has for our lives. And when we doubt and we don't understand, Lord, the rent is due and my car is broke down. What? Do I do? Anybody ever been in that situation? The rent is due and my car is broke down. So do I get my car fixed and make it to work so I can continue to have a paycheck? Or do I pay my rent and then I can't make it to work? Seek first. The king. And life is, is full of decisions that we have to make like this on an ongoing basis. And, and I pray you don't face them every day. But we have to ask God first. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Learn to put God first. In verse 17, it says, At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who were invited, Come, for everything is now ready. Now notice, at the time I have underlined, back in this time, before the dates of calendars, when someone's having a massive banquet such as this, the invitations were sent out well in advance. And when you were invited, it wasn't like, hey, do you want to come? I'm telling you, when I say I'm having a banquet, you're coming. It was just the custom. You didn't turn it down and say, oh, I can't be there. But the time of the banquet was not informed until the day of. So, secondly, in verse 17, it says, there was a certain man in verse 1, or excuse me, verse 4, 16, but he says, sent his servant, singular. Who was the servant? Come on, y'all. A certain man sent his servant. God sent his son to tell them, I've told you well in advance. I am preparing something for you. And it's not for you to tell me, oh, well, I may not be there. God's saying, I'm giving you an invitation. I'm giving you an invitation to what? To eternal life? Yes. 
But right now, I'm giving you an invitation to a blessing. I'm giving you an invitation to a new job. I'm giving you an invitation to healing. So he sent his servant to tell us about what was to come. And it was sent to all those who were invited. How many of you have ever been invited by God? How many of you have ever been invited by God? Everybody's hand should be up. God has invited you to a blessing this morning, yesterday, the day before, and all through our lives. So it's the custom back then that you always came to the banquet. So we, we need to learn, number one, to put God first. Secondly, number two, put things in place or in order or prioritize them. How many of us have a problem with putting things in order and prioritizing? And, and some of you are good. And Pastor Wendy, put your hand down. Some of us have a struggle with putting things. I mean, we can figure out. Pastor Wendy knows. I mean, it's a rule in our house. I wash and fold the clothes, but she has to separate them because I'm not good at that. I mean, washing and, and putting clothes away doesn't bother me. But this with that, hey, let's put them all in together. <laughs> Light bleach. <laughs> but we have to learn how to organize and prioritize. The, the Bible says in verse, what was that? Okay, sound logic. <laughs> Coming from a, a newly, a uh, recent graduate of, of college, yes. <laughs> the five-second rule, if it falls on the floor, you know, all those things. <laughs> okay. In, in verse 18, he says, but they all began to make what? Excuses. Excuses. Now, th- there's a difference between reasons and excuses. Well, I can't, I'm going to be late. Why? My battery just died on my car. That's a reason. Hey, I won't be able to pick you up. Why? I just don't feel like fighting that traffic. <laughs> That's an excuse. I asked you three weeks ago and you said yes. Yeah, man, but it's five o'clock. You know what traffic is like out there? Yes, I'm in it. And that's an excuse. And that's what these men did. They made excuses. The first said, I just bought a field, and now I must do what? You did what? You bought a field, and now you're going to go see it? Wow, this man was ahead of the time. He went online, and he ordered a field. Now he's going to go see it. We didn't know the Internet was in place way back then, but that's what he did. He bought a field Sight unseen. He doesn't know what's on it, what's growing on it, what's underneath the ground. Because even before they build a building, they're going to go out and do soil samples. I want to put an apartment complex here, but it's nothing but sand underneath. This This ground, this land is no good to me. But he bought it. Now he has to go see it. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen. And now I'm what? On my way? Another guy, he's been on the internet. He's got four legs and, and a mouth. I'll buy it. You don't know how strong these oxen are. You don't know how old they are. But now you're going to go buy it. And then the last man, he didn't put up excuses. He told the truth. I just got married. I can't come. That's it. Don't ask me. <laughs> 
He just got married. He's saying he can't come. He has really a legitimate reason. But the thing is, we have to understand. At Open Altar Worship Center, Pastor Wendy and I, at one time, years ago, we were at a church and we found ourselves five to six days out of a week going to meetings, being in church for this and that, and we don't want to do that. And I understand that churches have businesses, business that has to be taken care of. Church has to be clean, you know, stuff has to be painted, meetings have to be organized. But the fact of the matter is we were there five and six days out of a week. But the balance that we have to have as children of God is to know when do I need to be over here and when do I need to be over there? I googled the word, what do you call a person who walks a tightrope? It's a million dollar question. Anybody know? I didn't know it either. Not that it matters, but it's called a phenomenalist. 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 Something. Anyway, it's called phenomenalism. When you do it, anybody who walks a tightrope, they're called a phenomenalist. And I have no, I kept like, well, what does that mean? Does, because it's spelled F-U-N-A-M in a bunch of letters. Does the first part of that mean it's fun? I don't know why, but there are only a handful of phenomenalists in the world, right? I mean, do y'all know any people that are tightrope walkers? I don't know of any. But when you talk about balance, anybody here medically certified? But when you're talking about trying to maintain balance, there's only so many people who can do it. And and I'm not faking y'all. I'm really trying. I'm really... And there's only so much balance that I can get because this is, this is my whole life. I want to be a college professional student. And it's like every semester that's over, I'm going back and I'm enrolling for another class. And it's like, hey, man, let's go out. Let's, let's go to the ball game. No, man, I got college. I got classes tonight. And you're wondering, well, where is the balance in my life? Hey, what are you doing, man? Oh, I got, I got work to do. Well, you just got off of work. Yeah, yeah, but the boss asked me to work overtime. I got some more files to do, okay? But you have no balance in your life. Hey, man, let's, let's, let's go out to dinner, man. I don't, I don't eat processed food. I eat everything, but you have no balance. You've got no friends, nobody to turn to. And we can even have too much, and understand what I'm saying, y'all, even you on Facebook. You can have so much God in you and understand what I'm saying. Hey, man, did you see that game last night? Because God so loved the world that he. Did you see the game last night? He was wounded for my transgress. He wasn't wounded, man. He just got up after he got tackled. What are you talking about? If you don't have the social skill, we can have all the God we want in our life. But if we don't have social skills to identify with people in our lives, they don't want to talk to us. Now, am I saying don't study your word? I'm not saying that. Am I saying don't get closer to God? I'm not saying that. But when we have so much God in us that we can't have a decent conversation, 
Now, I asked you a few minutes ago, how many people in here do you know are? There you go. That's what I said. And he said it better than me. How many people do you know? We don't know any. How many people do you know that are so close to God that they can just walk up to people and say, God wants you to get saved today. If not, the end is not certain. How many people do you know that are so anointed they can just walk into Burger King and people get saved? They can walk in Walmart and just lay hands and watch people fall out. Not a whole lot. I don't know anybody who carries that type of anointing. So everybody needs to have that balance. So what do we do when we don't have the right balance? Well, eventually our world starts to cave in on us. What we thought was there for us, that support system ain't there no more. And it falls. It gets weak. So what are some of the balances we need to have? Can I balance on these? I can balance on those all day. Do a little tap dance. So what do we have? We have fun. We have exercise. That's a good balance, isn't it? What about these two? Family, work. Oh, yeah, I can exercise. I mean, I can balance on these, and I can balance on these, and I can balance back on these. But then here's the biggest one. Me and him. Notice which one is bigger. And I can balance on any one of these at any given time. But the problem is, it's when one of these gets too far away. And you're like, I, ooh, ooh, that hurt. <laughs> because I let myself get too far away from any one thing in my life. And any time that I lose my balance, what? You fall. Thank you. Somebody, that hurts. (laughs) Y'all understand? You got to have a balance and you can't let any one thing, any one person, any one part of our life get too far away from the other one. You've got to be able to go from God 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 to fun, to exercise, to work, to family, to me. Everything has to be a continual balance. Amen? So learn how to prioritize and to keep things in order. And then finally, be willing to make adjustments. Be willing to make adjustments. In verse 21, he says, Then the servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets, into the alleys, into the towns, and bring the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. When you start talking about streets, I'm okay. But when you talk about alleys, I don't know what's back in that alley. Might be a dude that's real big. Might be a big rat. Might be something you don't want to face. But then he says, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And all of us, at some point, something has crippled us. 
Something has made us lame that we were not strong enough because we didn't keep that balance. If there is a particular muscle group, for example, a guy goes to the gym is like, what are you working on today? Well, I'm working on triceps. What are you working on today? I'm working on my pecs. What are you working on today? And then they walk out of the gym with all of this up here and then they got legs this big. Because he didn't balance his workout. So when the enemy comes against us, we're weak. And when we allow certain parts of our life to get away from what God called us to do, then we become crippled. We become blind. We become lame. And it's harder to get back. And then verse 23, he says, now go. He told, he told, excuse me, then the master told his servant, go into the roads in the country lanes and compel them to come so that my house may be full. We've all at some time struggled with something. And that something may have been a physical thing, a situation, or it may have been a person. It could have been a person. But when I get so stuck on, it's just me and God. It's just me and God. I don't need fun. I don't need exercise. I definitely don't need work. <laughs> they can keep that. <laughs> but we let too many things get away from other things that are more important. And then we say, well, I can always fall back on this. Fall back on that. And all of a sudden, that thing has gotten weak. It's weak. You know, it's a reason why I'm not there anymore because it let me go. It's a reason why that's not my friend anymore because they kept hurting me. It was always what they needed and not what I needed. There's a reason why we moved out of that neighborhood because we found something better. Doesn't mean we're better people, but we just found something better. But we always have to make sure we're keeping everything in our life and keeping that balance. Don't let any one thing get too far away. Even if you're like me, I was in the military for 20 years. And there were times where it's like, I want to go home. And I couldn't go home, but I know family was always with me. And that's why after 20 years, I came back here. Amen. So let's just remember you all. We, we have to learn to keep our balance because when you lose your balance, say what? Altogether, when you lose your balance, you fall. Spiritually emotionally financially start hanging around with some good people and it's like man I like I like being around with you and then it's that one bad seed that comes and before you know it that one bad seed has taken over your life and that one bad seed it's like I know my child wouldn't do that oh no man we have surveillance and that was your child. We have witnesses, sir, that that was your son. 
because they lost the balance and felt like I can control this at any given time. But when your face is this far from the ground, it's obvious you've lost your balance and you're about to get hurt. But keep in mind, the bigger picture is, and we talk about it, is maintaining our balance that even though we're going through, there are other people who are going through as well. So why am I going through? Because somebody needs to see, as Paul said, in, in, that we are living epistles. But why are you, why, you believe in God? Why are you in the doctor's office? And you don't tell him, like, so I could talk to you. <laughs> I mean, really. If, you, if God said, I'll supply your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, why are you even working? So I can be a witness to you. He said, go, therefore, and be a light unto the world. Let your light so shine. You don't take that candle and put it under a, a pot or a barrel or, or something that's going to make it disappear. That's why we have to work. It's so that we can let our light shine. That's why we go to the doctor's office. And it's not that God takes glory in our suffering. But that while we're in the marketplace, the various places we go, we can be a witness. And that's part of us keeping our balance.